turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. All right, everybody, Pastor Scott Show, second hour run every day from 3 to 5, 3 to 5. I invite you to join us and do that. And uh, this is the Pastor Scott Show, the champagne of talk shows. I think we should call it that. Or for the Baptists out there, the Martinelli's of talk shows. Did you hear that weird story? It's this true story. For years, Miller High Life Beer has used the tagline, the champagne of beers. I guess that's on the can or the bottles, and which I think is kind of funny when you really think about it. Um, but at the request of a trade body that defends the interests of the houses and growers of the northeastern French sparkling champagnes, uh, Belgian Customs recently crushed 2,000 cans of Miller High Life beer. Uh, and it's because uh, the Committee Champagne asked for the destruction of 2,300 cans on the grounds of the century-old motto used by the American brewery infringes on the protected designation of origin champagne. Uh, so that's a weird story. I, the campaign isn't that funny. Beer companies, you know, they're just having their their troubles today. Um, I guess we just want to protect that. Anyway, speaking of weird stories, Mother's Day is under attack, and uh, I want to share with you something I I stumbled on and discovered. Now I realize that that Mother's Day is uh, a hard day for some people. All right. And uh, you can join the conversation, by the way, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can email me also at pastorscott at kkla.com. Um, how many of you have moms? You know, Go ahead and put your hand up. Do you have a mother? I come from a long line of mothers. Uh, and so do you. That's how it works, right? And, uh, you know, Mother's Day, as a, as a preacher, I didn't always do a Mother's Day sermon, um, I would always acknowledge it, though. I wouldn't always take the day out and do something in particular for, for mothers. Um, and I recognize that it can be a hard day. And I know it can be a hard day for for many people for various reasons. Maybe your mom just passed away. My wife's mom passed away a little over a year ago. And I'm sure it's still difficult, Mother's Day coming up. But she is a mom. And uh, I know that for my wife, she loves Mother's Day. It's a, It's a good day for her. Um, for other people, if you are unable to become a mom or you've wanted to become a mom or maybe you've lost a child or there's different reasons, okay, why people might get uh, have a difficult time with Mother's Day. And whenever I did a sermon on Mother's Day, I would welcome people. I would acknowledge it was Mother's Day. I usually had some kind of uh, disclaimer about it just to make sure that, hey, we're aware, even if we're going to talk about mothers, we are very well aware that this can be a painful subject. Same is true on Father's Day. Okay, but at the same time, you you can't avoid what is just a reality of people's lives, and we should take a day. It doesn't have to be a holiday, but I think it's a good thing to honor our fathers and mothers as best that we can. The Scriptures tell us to do that, and we don't need a holiday to do that. As as followers of God, we should, of you know, the Lord, we should do that anyway. And and by the way, honor your father and mother. That commandment that was given to adults. 
it, you know, qualifies for kids, obviously, children, but, but that was given to adults who probably, you know, were getting a little bit bitter about mom and dad getting old as they wandered around the desert in uh, the Exodus there. And it was, hey, don't forget about your mother and father. You honor them. And for some of us, that's easier than others. I recognize that. But I started getting some emails. Um, do you get junk emails all the time? I do. I get junk emails. I finally got an email address that I never use. I just, if I sign up for something, I give them that email address, if I remember, because I know I'm just going to get hit with a bunch of junk email. But there's a couple of things in that email address that I signed up for a long time ago. One of them is my Major League Baseball account. For whatever reason, that's still in this old email that I never use except for that, and I use it for junk email. So it's loaded with spam. It's just spam-infested email account, and I never check in unless I've got to figure out something for MLB, Major League Baseball. But I go in there, and there's a whole bunch of different emails from companies, like they send you, you know, uh, and here's what started out. This is from a grocery chain. It said, we know that Mother's Day and Father's Day can be sensitive times for some. If you'd like to opt out of our emails and push notifications for these holidays, please tap below. And it gives you an opportunity to opt out of Mother's Day emails. K Jewelers, uh, we're here for you. We know Mother's Day can be a challenging time, which is why we want to know if you'd rather not receive Mother's Day related emails. And I started just Googling this, and I found out that this is a thing. Uh, DoorDash, we understand Mother's Day may be difficult. And you start to go through on all these different companies, and a bunch of them, pretty much every company. All right. Uh, Nespresso. Uh, here's a long one from Levi's, okay? <clears throat> we had uh, Jennifer Say on last week to talk about her her situation at Levi's, and she was going to be the CEO of Levi's. She was the brand president. And because she complained about kids not being in school during the COVID, she was pushed out and uh, told she was a very terrible, terrible person uh, because of that. She turned out to be right. Anyway, Levi said, uh, so here's the long letter. So Mother's Day is just around the corner. And before we start bombarding you with mom-related content, we just wanted to check in first. We know motherhood and all the associated feelings, emotions, and memories can be tricky and even triggering for some. Triggering was the word where I, I realized, I think this is something else. Like, I, I understand. And maybe Mother's Day is a difficult day for you. I know it is for a lot of you for various reasons. And you might have got these and you might have clicked on it and said, you know what? Um, I'm glad. I don't want to get those emails. It's just something I don't want to deal with. And I get that. Um, but you, you can't avoid the fact that people have moms and that Mother's Day is a thing and it's going to do. But here, the triggering thing is what got me. And it says, the last thing we want to do, Levi says, hit you with celebratory yay mom energy that doesn't match up with your vibe. <laughs> so this year, we're giving you the option to opt out of our Mother's Day content by clicking here. And uh, that way we make sure that only those who actively want Mother's Day related communications will receive them and those who don't won't. That easy. Always thinking of you, Levi's. You know, just sell the jeans. Right? Can you make really good jeans that look good, that feel good, that last long enough so that the knees don't blow out unless you want them to, which is kind of a thing, you know, for people today. And this goes on and on and on. And you can find, you know, Ancestry.com. You ever do that? You know, we realize that for some Mother's Day may be a tough time if you prefer not to. Rest- you know, the entire purpose of Ancestry.com is to learn things about your mother and your grandmother, and her grandmother, and her grandmother before that. Because like I said, you discover on Ancestry.com that you come from a long line of mothers. 
There's no way to avoid that. What do you think this is about? Is it really about people who have a hard time with Mother's Day? And again, I'm not making fun of you if it's a hard day. I get it. But I think there's another agenda. Why all of a sudden all these com- companies? And it's just it's just everything and everybody you can think of. Like if you're thinking, we need to boycott those companies. You can't because then you couldn't buy anything. All right. It's just it's just the way it is. And it's it's uh, amazing. And uh, somebody posted a bunch of these on uh, the Twitter machine. And I'm just scrolling down. It's incredible how this is is there. Now, if this were just sensitivity because of people's different situations, I guess I would understand that. And maybe you would find this uh, worthy of opting out. But that's not what it is. You know what this is? This is an attack on Mother's Day because it's an attack on mothers and fathers. You're not allowed to have mothers and fathers because they're gendered. They're binary, see. Um, moms tend to be female and um, fathers tend to be male. And if you go to Ancestry.com, you'll discover that that's always true. Um, and so the movement that is going on within this movement is to remove mother and father. You've probably heard this. And in favor of birthing parent, see, because men can have babies today and men can be moms. So on birth certificates, it's not going to be mother and father. It's going to be birthing parent one, birthing parent two, um, or non or it's going to be birthing parent and non-birthing parent. That's the movement. So your mother would be your birthing parent. Your father would be the non-birthing parent, unless in the weird way of looking at things today, your father is the birthing parent and your mother is the non-birthing parent, which makes no sense, but that's exactly what this is about. And so it's being proposed that Mother's Day and Father's Day change, that instead of being Mother's Day and Father's Day, they are going to be replaced with Guardian's Day, which uh, is something they have in Cleveland now that they changed the name of the Indians to the Guardians. They have Guardian's Day which I thought was a terrible name change until I realized that uh, Cleveland has these big statues outside of town. They're called the Guardians. It actually makes sense for Cleveland. If you're going to change the name, at least it ought to make sense, and and it did. Uh, Guardians Day, um, which uh, sounds like that that Marvel movie that's coming out. Guardians of the Galaxy Day. That's what it's going to be. And I guess you can, you know... So that's what this is. How do you feel about... I mean, are we... See, to me, we're just eliminating another thing that is women. So you can't have women's sports. And if, if you're not going to have women's sports, if you're going to allow men to play in women's sports, the entire purpose of women's sports is that men and women are different. And I started Googling this, and I guess this is a deal. This has been something that people have been actually fighting for for a few years. And I read this article in Parent Magazine, Today's Parent. It says this. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show. The phone number, if you want to join the conversation, is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. How do you feel about this? And how do you feel about Mother's Day or these or Father's Day in general? Should we get rid of it? Does this make some kind of sense uh, for other reasons uh, to you? Or do we just need to acknowledge that we have moms and dads? I think we ought to have moms and dads. And if my dad wasn't good or my mom wasn't good, you know, um, we still need to find a way to honor them and to recognize that it's something that we should be um, encouraging people to do better at. And we should all be, if we're parents, working hard to be better parents. Today's Parent Magazine says this, written by somebody, and the title is, The Way We Talk About Motherhood is Deeply Alienating. Okay. Uh, So this person says, I sat frozen in the hard plastic lecture chair, staring at the blonde nurse speaking at the front of the room. And... The blonde nurse says, 
I don't know why he says she's blonde. I don't know what that has anything to do with it, but that's what it says. Quote, she says, and then the mom pushes the rest of the baby out. Now they're in this uh, this room, this class. Did you ever go to this class where you you were going to have the birthing class? Christy and I went to that class. Uh, we went faithfully every time. I was I was glad that it was over. I didn't do well in that class. You know, the whole breathing thing and the counting thing and all of the stuff. Uh, that was that part was not. <laughs> I think we mostly just laughed through it. It was not in our wheelhouse. Uh, we did fine when the actual day comes, as people have also done since the uh, since Adam and Eve. They figure, you know, people seem to figure this out. Anyway, we. Uh, I'm not saying you shouldn't go to that class. There was a lot of things that were helpful about it. Okay, don't call me about that. I I agree. But in this case, this person is offended because the nurse at the front of the room is saying, and then the mom pushes the rest of the baby out. She said cheerfully, setting down the baby doll who had been resting in her right arm. I was in shock, mouth agape. She seemed completely unaware of how exclusionary her gendered language was. This was in Parent Magazine. I reminded myself that the evening wasn't about me, really, because it sounds like it was totally about you. I was attending the prenatal class to support a friend who was eight months pregnant. Her partner couldn't make it, so I was the stand-in. I wish I had done a better job, but I was too uncomfortable. Um... And uh, she goes on to talk about how the whole conversation about father and mother disturbed her and how upset she was then when she said to her friend that it bothered her and her friend didn't seem to care. That's what's going on with Mother's Day, with Father's Day. It's to remove gender from all of it. This, you know, if you call it an ism, transgenderism, it isn't really about even transgender people, as we've said before, right? This person, I think, needs some help. This person we need to be compassionate for because what what uh, she, I guess, yeah, she is going through. Uh, her name is Sarah Ratchford. I guess she's a C. She's a gender nonconforming person. Okay. Um, what this person is going through is not okay. Like, in my opinion, there is trauma here. There is something going on. That's highly controversial, what I just said. You're not allowed to say that anymore, but we have to be compassionate. There is another agenda here. The agenda has to do with academics and people who have a political agenda to change the foundation of the country. To And to do that, you have to change what the family is. You have to get rid of the idea of mothers and fathers having actual role as as female and male in the life of the children. And I promise you that when we look at our country and the struggles we have, one of the big reasons for that is this ideology, the ideology that family doesn't matter, that traditional family is not only something that is outdated or some kind of construct, but that it is wrong. Yesterday, we had the clip of President Biden suggesting that, uh, you know, the state raises your kids. They're all of our kids. And you can take that as, well, we all have a responsibility to the children in our community. Or you can take that as, hey, uh, I, the state is the one should, that should be raising your kids. And that's the philosophy that's being done in the school systems today that pushes this ideology. It's not about protecting kids who are have, dealing with gender dysphoria. It's about tearing down the family. And we shouldn't take our eye off that ball there. I think we need to be compassionate. We need to find a way to be compassionate to the people in our life who are dealing with this issue and realize that they're being told a whole bunch of stuff that is leading them to make decisions about their life, including medical decisions that they don't understand. They're often being lied to. We've talked a lot about that. This is an ideology to take 
the family out to say that mothers and fathers don't matter. Somebody just adopted uh, in a in a thruple. You know what a thruple is? A thruple is a three-person relationship. It's not mom and dad, and it's not even uh, two gay people raising a kid. It's three people, and it can be three guys or three women or two women and one guy or one guy and one woman, two guys and one. It's a thruple who essentially gets married. That's the next thing, by the way, of where this is going. If you just want a little bit of prophecy today, um, we'll be talking about this in a year or two and how we're all evil for saying that marriage is something between, you know, we've gone from between a man and a woman to now it's in a commitment between two people who love each other. Where that's going is between multiple people who love each other. So the thruple is arguing about that they should be able to adopt a kid. And is a kid better raised in a family of three parents rather than two? That's the argument. That's what we're happening to, what's happening today. And the answer is no. And it's something that is not intended to support people's rights or people's freedom to do whatever they want. It has a political purpose that's about changing the foundation of the country. And this is not going to go to a good place. And if you think that's, that's nuts, I just I would invite you to actually study it. I try to work hard on this show, and if you listen regularly, to recognize that there are some things that get said out there by the right and the left that, are, that sound pretty nutty, and often they are. All right, but then there are some things that are said that sound nutty, but when you look into it, you go, you know, um, that's not as nutty as you think. Remember last year when there was the, the abortion um, thing on the ballot that said we're just going to codify Roe versus Wade and current California law, but it took out um, it took out the uh, any restrictions at all of um, uh, the life of the baby or the the full term abortions, and it left open the possibility of abortion after you know the fourth trimester abortion they call it or post post birth abortion, which is not abortion; it's killing the infant. And people said, well, that's crazy that anybody would do that. There's nobody who's arguing to do that. There's nobody who's going to kill the baby once it's born and all of that. And, you know, I understand that. It sounds nuts. But when you read the philosophy that's being put in medical journals, like not crazy blogs or or far out people, things that people write, but in the actual um, Journal of Medicine, American Journal of Medicine and others, the argument that says, Actually, that for all the reasons you might have an abortion before birth, all of those reasons still exist after birth, and therefore taking the life of a child once it's born under certain circumstances should be okay or up to a certain age. And people will argue about one week or a month or two years, up to two years. And you still say, well, no one's really going to do that. Well, I know, and and no one's really going to have marriages between three people, and we're not going to have all this other conversation. No one's going to come after Mother's Day or mothers and fathers, and no one, they, you know, there's crazy stuff, and then there's stuff that's crazy but actually happening. There's crazy stuff that's not happening that no one's really thinking of. We have to discern, and the family is under attack. Can I encourage you that with Mother's Day and Father's Day, even if it's hard even if these are difficult subjects to talk about, celebrate them this year. And celebrate them in such a way that it just causes us to try to be better as parents, as mothers and fathers. You know, the the point explained by the founder of Mother's Day, uh, there was a woman who started it uh, several years ago, um, And uh, this is what she said the point of it was, to revive the dormant uh, filial love and gratitude we owe to those who gave us birth, to be a home tie for the absent, to obliterate family estrangement, 
to create a bond of brotherhood through the wearing of a floral badge to make us better children by getting us closer to the hearts of our good mothers, to brighten the lives of good mothers, to have them know we appreciate them, though we do not show it as often, oh, my page just went away, as often as we ought. Mother's Day is to remind us of our duty before it's too late. This day is intended that we make new resolutions for a more active thought to our dear mothers. That's what Mother's Day was meant to be about. It's meant to make us better. It's meant to draw families together. It's meant to end estrangements. We have an increase, by the way, of estrangements of, of people who won't talk to their mothers and fathers anymore. And the reasons are usually not very good. Now, I understand there's, there's abuse and there are some reasons that it makes it very hard to have a relationship with your parent or your kids. But sometimes that, that relationship is severed these days because of who you voted for or because of an opinion that you have about an issue of our day or about an argument you had over something stupid. I knew a father and a son who were estranged their whole life. The father came to me at the end of his life looking for his son, who he hadn't spoken to in 50 years, 50. And the reason that they fought was over a car payment where dad thought that the agreement was the son was going to take over the car payments. And in dad's view, the son had reneged on the statement there. I'm not going to do the, uh, I'm not going to do the car payments. And, uh, they divided over that and stopped talking to each other. And 50 years later, they didn't even know where each other was. And he died without seeing his own. It was stupid. The purpose of Father's Day and Mother's Day is to help us get past that, to help us reconcile with our parents or our kids, as hard as that might be for some of us, to find a way to obey what the Scriptures teach us, to honor our father and mother, which legitimately is hard sometimes, but in other ways it's not. This year, Mother's Day and Father's Day, make it a big deal. However that is for you, as hard as that might be or as easy that, as that might be, don't let this be taken away. It's, it's a battle for, for who we are. It's a, something that we should do as followers of Christ with respect to our parents. And I think as citizens of a country that we want to see remain a good country, it's something that we should do to maintain and strengthen the family which is a good thing to do. All right, we're going to take a break. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, Tuesday afternoon. Good to be with you today. We talk a lot about getting back into church or getting into a church. And, you know, I want to encourage you to go back to church if you have been gone for a while. And I'm going to be speaking at a church here in Southern California this weekend, Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch on Saturday night and on Sunday, Saturday night, 6 o'clock, Sunday, 9 and 11 a.m. Shepherdchurch.com is the the uh, address or the email address. No, the website, not the email address. Uh, the website, if you want to check it out. And if you just want to come by and say hi, I'd love to see you. If you um, are looking for a church and you live somewhere near that area, it's easy to get to just a little bit north of North Ridge. I think that's the direction, if I got my directions right. Off the 118 freeway, uh, check it out. And I'm going to be speaking in a series that they're doing there called uh, The Mount Rushmore of Faith. 
And it's an interesting question that they're asking. I thought maybe I would ask you is if you were to put people on the Mount Rushmore of faith, if you were to say, okay, there's all these great characters of faith in the Bible, who goes on Mount Rushmore? Like who are the, who are the four people that you would put on there or just, or even just one who, when you think about faith, who inspires you in such a way, who would you put on your own Mount Rushmore of faith, people that you would like to go see. Check it out. Give me a call, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And you are invited to come and uh, see me this weekend, and I'd love to see you. We're going to have a good time uh, together at Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch. Also happening at Shepherd Church, by the way, this is the same church where the KKLA in Los Angeles pastor's breakfast is with Bishop Ulmer. And... Uh, Bishop Kenneth Ulmer, he is a great speaker. I'm looking forward to hearing from him there. If you're a pastor or church staff, uh, a ministry leader, you're welcome to go. And it's for free, free breakfast, and the program is free. It's in the morning of May 10th, and the doors open at 8. program begins at 9 o'clock. You can go to kkla.com, click the Pastor's Breakfast banner to RSVP. And we need you to RSVP. Um, because we need to know how many breakfasts are coming. It's free, but you've got to tell us in advance that you're coming. Uh, so go there right now, or if you are not a pastor or church staff, and uh, but you're thinking, my pastor ought to go to this, send them the link. Go to kkla.com, or just send them a note. Ask him to go to the KKLA Pastors Appreciation Breakfast. It's going to be a good time. As a pastor, I can tell you that it's great to be with other pastors, that we build each other up, we laugh, we smile, we pray for each other. You know, people are going through difficult times. You know, this is uh, this is Bishop Ulmer talking about the fact that you're going to go through difficult times in your life. God says to somebody in this room today, you are about to go through the roughest storm of your life. But know this in your spirit, that after this, there is a blessing, there is a testimony, there is a praise that God has already assigned for you. If you can hold on in the storm, knowing that God has promised you that you will come through it, there is something on the other side of the storm that you're in. Noah knew that in the rough times of the storm... He only had to hold on to the word of God, which let him know that he was at least coming out of the storm. Not knowing that he was every day getting closer to his rainbow, which will be a manifestation of God moving even while the drops of rain are still falling. You don't see it yet. God says to somebody in this room today, you are about to go through the roughest storm of your life. But know this in your spirit that after this, there is a blessing, there is a testimony, there is a praise that God has already assigned for you. If you can hold on in the storm, knowing that God has promised you that you will come through it, there is something on the other side of the storm that you're in. It may be a rough storm. It may be a dark storm. It may be a crying storm. It may be a confusing storm. But I came to tell somebody today, if you can hold on in that storm, there is something on the other side of the storm that you're in. That was Bishop Kenneth Ulmer talking about, it's funny to me as a pastor hearing the pastor say, there is somebody here who's about to go through the worst time of your life. Not always what you go to church, you know, to hear about, but it's a reality that's true. 
all of us are going to go through some kind of hard time, a crucible. I heard one preacher say, and I steal this one, that you're going to go through a crucible at some point in your life, and you are. Whenever you go through that, here's something you have to know. Whenever you go through that, your faith is what's going to get you through that, your faith in God. It's a time when your faith is tested, right? Who would you say is your example of faith? Do you have an example of faith? Give us a call, 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number here at the Pastor Scott Show. Who would you say is your crucible of of faith? Hi, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hello? Hello? Hi, go ahead, Pastor Scott Show. Who's this? Hi, sorry. My name is Michael. For some reason, nobody uh, answered and said, uh, what am I calling? Sorry about that. Go ahead, Michael. It's okay, brother. Well, um, you, you mentioned the uh, Mount Rushmore of faith. And uh, for me, I was thinking, you know, starting with the Old Testament, I'd have to start with Joseph and then Joshua and then Daniel and then Paul, because all four of these individuals, they went through some trying times in their lives. And, you know, they still emerged maintaining the faith and um the thing the, the thing with bishop Almer too the thing he said uh and not to be long-winded but um sometimes there isn't always a rainbow at the end i mean if you look at paul right like the wonderful plan god had for his life was that paul would end up in jail and in prison and beaten and stoned and then got his head sawed off like sometimes the rainbow there isn't always a well rainbow. the rainbow comes when you're with the Lord uh, you know very often right you're all you're gonna have to die right. the rainbow is uh, at the end I think also what he was probably talking about is you know at some point you're right you go through something and that's it you're gonna die from it but a lot of times we go through hard times in our life and the other side when we persevere when we are yeah. when we trust the Lord and we get to the other side the rainbow is the wonderful growth that you have and the stronger faith that you have because of that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hey, thank you very much for calling the Pastor Scott Show. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Who, if you could put somebody on the uh, the Mount Rushmore of faith, who would you put up there? Uh, who is it that inspires you? I think, you know, when you think about uh, Joseph, Daniel, people like that who endured so much and stayed faithful. I mean, how do you do that? How do you, you know, the, the story of of Joseph, you know, Joseph, who is the Old Testament, he's sold into slavery by his brothers. He ends up getting falsely accused of a crime by uh, his masters, thrown in prison. Um, by the end of the story, he ends up essentially the vice president of Egypt. And, you know, it doesn't take very long to read all of that. It doesn't take long for you to sit down and, and read that part of your Bible and get that story. But the interesting thing when you think about it is it's decades is what's going on for Joseph, that he had to remain faithful in all of that injustice and all of that harshness for so long in his life to then suddenly figure out what God, and he finally says something great, you know, what, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. You know, he had to trust that for a long, long time, not the couple hours it took you to read it, but for a long, long time, he had to trust that. That is a, that's something that we all can learn because the truth is, is we're all going to go through hard times. And I'll tell you what, I've gone through them. It takes some time, I think, to, to get older to appreciate this. But once you go through a terribly hard time and then you get to the other side and you kept the faith, you weren't perfect. You might have been questioning God. You might have been frustrated. You might have been shaking your fist at the Lord, you know, but you, you kept the faith. You didn't bail. 
Um, you discover that God puts those kinds of challenges in your life to grow you and to do great things. Eventually, you know, you you lose your life here because of it, but then you get to go be with Jesus. That's like the worst thing that will ever happen to you if you're a Christian is you'll die and you get to go be with Jesus. And when you have that kind of faith, when you grow that kind of faith, you get through the hard times better. 888-528-2557. Who's your favorite character of faith? Nikki in Encino. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi. Hi, Nikki. Vicky? No, Vicki. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Hi, Vicki. Vicki Ross. Hi. Uh, I am a member of Shepherd, and I was there last week as well. And I agree uh, for, with the first one, which was Abraham. I thought That's what they Abraham did last first. week. Yes, I agree with uh, um, Abraham was first to me because his faith was um, huge, um, just knowing that he'd have to put his child up um, on that block. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and I don't think anybody could have done that, but I think I believe that he just had the um, he had God showed him who he was prior to that. And um, I agree with the, the, the caller before, um, but I would swap out. Probably Joshua, even though I do believe he had faith, I, I put in Job, and I, mm-hmm. I, I also Daniel and um, Paul. I agreed with those three, those uh, three that he had as well. There's great stories of they faith. It's hard to faith. narrow it down to like four. Which it is... is because I did want to add Joshua in there and Ruth. Right. I mean Esther. <laughs> Esther. Ruth. There's yep. so many, but you know, he said to pick four, and so those were some. The four that's what that you. That's see. what you did. I think it's a neat exercise, and I look forward to being it there is. with you this Sunday. So thanks for calling. Yeah, me. I will see. You. Actually, I'll see you Saturday. <laughs> All right, I'll see you Saturday. All right, thanks for calling All the right. Pastor Scott Show, uh, Vicky. Uh, 888-528-2557 is the number. I got to take a break. I see your call up there, Victoria and others. I'll get your call as we return. This is the Pastor Scott Show, Tuesday edition. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. 888-528-2557. Who would you put on your Mount Rushmore of faith? Who are your favorite characters of faith? 888-528-2557. Victoria in Hacienda Heights, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. How are you? I'm good, Victoria. How are you? I'm blessed, and, and um, I'm so grateful to God that I'm alive, and I'm on the radio with you. All right. Well, who is your hero of the faith? My hero of the faith is probably someone that's very unexpected to all of us that maybe gets overlooked many times. And um, I just want to say that I have this tremendous respect and uh, admiration for Mary. Uh, she was selected. Um, the angel came and gave her that information that she would she was selected above all women and her step of faith um knowing that if she was pregnant before being married that she could potentially in that time and that culture she could be stoned to death Mm. her commitment to serve god and she said let it be so and her steadfast to follow all the way through and watch if you've ever met anyone pastor scott that has lost a child just lost a child in an accident or anything like that a pastor i think of greg Laurie when he lost his son and many toby mack when he's lost his son um many people that have lost but to for her to actually watch her son be tortured crucified to the point of death and the bible does not speak of her doing anything erratic 
Mm. And that leads me to believe that she was just steadfast in her faith and her commitment to follow all the way through and endure the pain. And that, to me, tells me that if there's a woman out there that maybe her husband betrayed her and cheated on her, or a woman that's lost a, a, any woman or man that's going through a trial, be steadfast. Knowing that God, Romans eight twenty eight, right, that God will work everything for good. So when Mary went with the other women to look for him, what, what are we doing looking for the living amongst the dead? And I think that everything has a purpose, but her steadfast and her amazing uh, work in um, being part of that legacy that Jesus came to the world and died for, for us and sacrificed on the cross. And so Mary, I think, is one thing that one person that we tend to overlook, and I'm very grateful for her. You know, I think that is a great answer, Mary. People should study. You know, when they study, we study the Christmas story. We make the unfortunate decision at Christmas time to start at Luke two. You really need to start at Luke one, and you, you really yes, need sir. to get the story of Mary and her relationship with uh, Elizabeth, and Mary's response to being told that she is with child, and the song that she sings. Um, it gives you it gives you the understanding. You know, her response was not full of doubt and fear. She instead said, "My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for He has been mindful of the humble state of His servant." From now on, all generations will call me blessed. You know, when, when she says that, it's not because she's arrogant; it's because she understands no. and believes. That's the thing I think, and you mentioned that 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 she believed what she was told and it's an unbelievable thing right and yet she had faith for all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me holy is his name that's it's incredible and you're right her story of perseverance and even if she didn't understand everything along the way she was there uh i you know i hope to i don't know i guess we get to talk to these people maybe one day what was it like at the cross Why did you feel like you could go? Did were you afraid? You know, did you think you're next? How do you know? I'd love to know all those things. And uh, was John good to you your whole life? You know, I think that it's a great story there that the apostle John is the only one at the cross. And what did Jesus ask John to do? Take care of my mama. Yes. And uh, it's a, it's Amen. it is a great story, Victoria. Thank you so much for sharing that with us today on uh, the Pastor Scott Show. And uh, we're asking, you know, who inspires you? Who is your favorite character of faith? I'm speaking at uh, Shepherd Church this weekend, and they're doing a series called The uh, Mount Rushmore of Faith. You know, who would you put on it? If you could only put four faces on there, like we have four faces on our Mount Rushmore, who would you put on there? 888-528-2557. Cobian, does I have your name right? Cobian in Santa Ana? Yes, sir. Hi, Cobian. That's correct. Hi, how you doing? How you doing? I'm good. Um. You know, my hero of faith, I would have to say, is um, Job. It's interesting. Um, I I really, really connect deeply with that story because for the last 13, 14 years of my life, it seems like everything I've ever had was taken from me. Mm. And then finally, when you didn't think it could get any worse, you got, like, you've already lost this, you lost that, you've lost everything you have. And then you lose, I lost, like, uh, I still have my children. I have my three daughters with me. But um, we, I lost our wife, my wife. But she turned, a person that, that I love so dearly turned out to be so evil. Mm, sorry. And I, I say, and I, and I say that, um, you know, it got to the point. 
where me and my kids we'd be like, well, where's God? You right. know, if God is real, does He kick in? You know, you you know, you you're only human. You can only handle so much. And after a while, you start questioning. You start going, is God real? And if He's real, maybe He doesn't care because you start going, well, where are these promises that the Bible speaks of? And yeah. so you know, you go to church and you and you sit there. I'm sorry, I get kind of teary-eyed. But you go to church and you listen. You listen to all these people. God is good. God is good. God is good. And you're like, I can't share the same. Um, I can't share the same like feeling you feel because I haven't experienced what me and my children have experienced. Hasn't been good. Yeah. But we keep our faith. We keep trusting in God. We don't go to church because it's it's hard when all these people like always talk about how God is good. But we, you know, Kobe, that's all right. How long ago um, did this happen with your wife? It's been about a year. About a year, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm... it's been like, but it's been like fourteen years of just losing and losing and losing and losing and losing, and then you get to a point where you're like, I can't lose anymore, and then that happens, and then a whole bunch of other stuff comes with it, and then imagine you and your kids are just there, and then just one day or the next, everything is gone, you know. So, the Book of Job. I read it. I try to make sense of it. I, I listen to the beauty for your ashes and all those things. And even though it's a certain kind of way right now, but I keep that book in mind and heart. You know, what's great about that book is that, you know, we think about characters of faith. We often think about the, the brave things that they did or the things that they accomplished. But in Job... The only thing he accomplishes is he perseveres through tremendous hardship. He keeps the faith. And, you know, for all of us, that's what really what the Lord is calling us to do in our life is to keep trusting him. And I'm glad you're holding on to that. I'm so sorry that you're going through this. How old, did, how old are your kids? Um, 15, 13, and 8. Yeah, are they they're in there with you, you said? Yeah, they're with me. They're with me, and and you know they're my my three daughters, and they're with me, and and they're happy. But you know, it's just it's so hard, you know. And I try to hold it as much as I possibly can together for them, but then it's like it's just it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard because I've lost everything, everything you could ever have as a. I was very successful. And just for some reason, I just kept losing this and losing that. And I'd be like, and I would try and try and try and try. And then, but I don't know. I, there's so many questions here and there's so many different ways you could look at it. But then it gets to the point where my kids go, well, Dad, where's God? And I go, I, I don't know. He goes, well, I thought, at what point does God kick in? And I'm like, I, yeah, sweetheart, I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same boat. I don't know. Yeah. Well, can I can I pray for you and your family? Would that be all right, Cobian? Yeah, it's fine. All right. Uh, God, I thank you for Cobian, and God, I pray that you would make him aware of your presence. I pray for his girls that they would also be aware 
and come to an understanding that you're still there, even though it seems like you're so far away. I pray that you would give them all perseverance. And I pray that you would heal their wounds. I pray that you would put people in their life who are your children, brothers and sisters in Christ, who would encourage them, who would who would recognize the pain that they're going through and help them. I pray that you find a fellowship for them to be a part of. I thank you so much that Cobian called today. And God, we just, all of us who are listening, I know that we're all praying for Cobian right now. Hear our prayer, Lord, and make Cobian aware of your love and presence for him. And we pray that this time of suffering would end, that he would turn the corner, that this would be the time where you reveal what it is that your plan is. And as hard as that is, God, we ask that that, if it's your will, that that would happen now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Kobe, and uh, thank you for sharing your story. And, you know, don't give up on church if you find one. I know that church can be campy and, and sort of people put on a face, but there's a lot of people suffering who go to church who, you know, smile a lot, and some of it's the joy of the Lord, but some of it is faking it. Um, and they're deep down, they're hurting like you are for different reasons, or even the same reason. But when you get into a church, if you get into a Sunday school class or a small group, your kids are in the youth group, you know, having some people around you to build you up, eventually you find people where those walls come down and you discover that there's a lot of help by being a part of the the family of God. So I want to encourage you to do that. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, sir. Hey, thanks for calling. I, we're about to come up on a hard break. But, uh, you know, my email is pastorscott at kkla.com. If you want to send me an email, just update me on uh, how things are going with you. I'd love to hear. All right, buddy. Will do. Thank you. All right. God bless, Kobian. See, faith is a big deal. Friends, we're out of time. I see your calls, Michael, and other calls coming in, but we're out of time for today. Hey, everybody, you know, keep praying for each other in this audience. If you're in a place where you can write down Kobian's name or other people who call, Write down their name, pray for them. People are going through a whole lot, and, and you know sometimes we feel like we're very much alone. But the Lord promises to be with us all throughout Scripture. He's with us. So keep the faith. I'm out of time for today. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back tomorrow from 3 to 5. God bless you. See you tomorrow.